Oh, we just finished up our series in Masterpiece. And if you weren't with us, you can catch up because we do have a Connect app that has all of our podcasts on there and also online. You can go online and listen to the messages. But that was a great series. We, we talked about how the fact that we are broken, but God creates a masterpiece in our brokenness. And he kind of puts us back together better and stronger than we were before. And then last week, we ended the message talking about sowing, how that we are sowers, and, and God really calls us to sow the seeds of basically our testimony, what he's done for us in our lives, or being on mission is what we call it here at Connect. So he calls us to sow the seeds and to be on mission for him. Well, now we're in between series a little bit. We're going to be studying James here in September, but for the next few weeks, uh, I developed a message that I've entitled Words to Live By. I know, not real original, but you know what? It just seemed to be fit right in what we were talking about. I'm going to go through some Proverbs, some Psalms over the next couple weeks, and we're going to kind of see what are the words that we see that we can really add to our lives that will really be words to live by. But before we get into the message, I want you to take a look at this video. You might have seen this before, maybe not, but go ahead and roll this video. All right. So that's the, what is that? The trust fall thing, right? I mean, that, you've probably seen that maybe at conferences before or some type of leader training or something like that. The fall trust or the trust fall. Now, you've probably never seen a dog. That cat really freaked me out too. I can't believe they got that cat to do that. That was pretty cool. But I've done that before. I don't know if you've been involved with that, but I've done that trust fall thing. It's kind of weird, isn't it? It's really dependent on who the person is that's going to catch you, isn't it? If I know the person and I can trust the person, then it's kind of no problem. But if the person's a stranger, maybe, or if they're smaller than me, <laughs> see, for, for a guy that's 6'1", 200 pounds, that, that's a big concern, right? Because if somebody's smaller than me, I, man, I just don't know if they're going to be able to catch me. But I don't know if you guys have been involved with that before, but what I want to talk about today, first off, is the word trust. The word trust, and it's defined as this in the dictionary, reliance on the integrity, reliance on the strength or the ability, and the pledge of a person or thing. Reliance is the key there, on a person or thing. So when we think about trust, my mind goes to trusting God. And the question I ask myself is, do I, do I trust God? Or do you trust God? Now, a lot of times for us, if we've been walking with the Lord for a number of years, of course, it's going to be, of course, I trust God. He's proven himself to be trustworthy in my life, of course. That's kind of an answer off the cuff. But do we really completely trust God in our lives? Where do you place your faith? Where do you place your confidence or whom is your confidence in? Here's a couple questions that we can ask ourselves. And, and really what we need to do is just take a few moments to self-examine ourselves with this question. Like I said, it's really easy, easy to answer, yeah, I trust God. Is he truly your source? Do I trust him in everything that I do? Or maybe do I trust him in just some things? 
Do I trust him in the little things and not the big things? Do I trust him with the big things, but, you know, I can handle the little things on my own. I don't, I don't need you to do anything about that God in my life. I think it's a control issue, too. I, I think a lot of times when we talk about trust, sometimes it's difficult for us to relinquish control to God to take care of things in our lives because we want to control things in our lives. We are a self-reliant society, especially here in the Western culture. It's independence, it's self-reliance, especially in Montana too, right? So this is a, a really good question that we need to wrestle with. Do we really trust God? King Solomon was king of Israel, and he's known to be the wisest man who ever lived. And he ruled over Israel when they were experiencing a lot of peace and prosperity. And he asked God for wisdom. And so when I think about some of these tough questions in life that I'm wrestling with, I think it's a good idea to go to Proverbs, which Solomon wrote, and just kind of see Solomon's take on some of these things in our lives. And so that's why, let's go ahead and go to Proverbs chapter 3. If you have your device handy, or if you have a Bible, Proverbs chapter 3. We have notes available as you walked in. If you didn't grab any, I don't know if there's any left or not, but you can always go to our app uh, and digitally fill in your notes and email them to yourself. It's a great way to uh, just keep a record of your notes week by week by week. So today's series is called Words to Live By. But I, I want us to talk about a big idea. We, we tend to have a big idea each week here at Connect. And the big idea today, right off the bat, is God is trustworthy. So I'm just going to set it right out there. God is trustworthy. And we see that through what Solomon, the lessons that Solomon tells us in Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to learn five wise lessons from Solomon today. But let's go to Proverbs 3, verses 1 through 4. We'll read those first. I'm reading out of the NLT. My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will learn or you will earn a good reputation. So I want to stop right here just for a second and review the first thing that we learn here from Proverbs chapter 3. Priority is key. When Solomon is talking about these things, about never forgetting and storing up the commands, he's asking us to ask ourselves a question is, where, where is your priority? If your priority and your trust is truly in God, then these are the things that you're going to do. You're going to read God's word. You're going to listen to his commands. You're going to apply his instructions to your life. And then there's a benefit here that Solomon tells us, if you do these things in your life, a couple things are going to happen. You're going to have a satisfying life for many, many years. You'll have a satisfying life for many, many years if you never forget the things that God tells us. 
and if we store up those things in our hearts. And then he goes on to say, he talks about loyalty and kindness, and I love that, because right after that, he goes into loyalty and kindness. So if you listen to what God says and you apply his principles to your life, and then you tie loyalty and kindness around your neck so you'll never forget, what's going to happen? You're going to find favor. You're going to basically have a good rep. You're going to have a good reputation with God and also with the people that are around you. Our priorities today will determine the result or outcome in our future. So our priorities today will determine what our future looks like. And that's what Solomon starts off Proverbs 3 talking to us about. Priority is the key. Make sure God's word is a priority in your life. Make sure you're loyal and kind to those that are around you. And if you do those two things, if those two things are priorities in your life, then you'll have a satisfying long life and you'll have a good reputation. So here's a priority check. I came up with a priority check for us. So the priority check, number one, is I do things out of love and compassion or I do things out of duty and requirement. If we do things out of love and compassion, that's God's heart right there. That is God's heart, love and compassion. But if I'm doing things out of duty and requirement, I, there's a disconnect there then in our lives. We need to ha- check our priorities. Number two, I am more concerned with growth or am I more concerned with comfort? If I'm more concerned with comfort, I'm going to do things that make me comfortable, right? But if I'm more concerned with growing in my relationship with God and growing in my relationship with others, I'm going to make some tough choices sometimes. And that really shows me what my priorities are once again. And then the third thing I have is I serve to be on mission or I serve out of selfish ambition and a title. I think each one of us in our lives know people who serve just to receive a title. For those of you that might not know, I'm retired Air Force, and I saw that throughout my career at different times. There were people that served and did things just to be recognized and just to get a title. It was all out of selfish ambition. In the Air Force, we talk a lot about being on a team and having a team concept. Well, (laughs) for those people, they really weren't too concerned about a team. They were just concerned for themselves. And the unfortunate part is that they made rank or they got those positions many times because they got things done. So it's important to be on a team in the Air Force, but the other part of that equation is, can this person get it done? And sometimes those people get overlooked on their weaknesses and their strengths propel them just to be out of selfish ambition and a title. But I talked about being on mission before, and that's a good priority check for each one of us. Are we on mission for what Jesus has for us in our lives? Or am I getting involved in things just out of selfish ambition and title? You know, I realized I needed to change my priorities when I first came to know who Jesus was in my life at the age of about 29. 
I was living for myself. I was married with two kids, but I was trying to live a single life most times, and it didn't work. I had to have a shift in my priorities. And so when I came to know who Jesus was in my life, that's the first thing I was confronted with is that type of priority check. Am I more concerned with myself or am I more concerned with my family and building a relationship with God? Well, obviously my priorities changed. And so that's number one that Solomon starts off Proverbs 3 telling us is that priority is key in our lives. It's key to knowing if I trust God or if I trust in myself. But let's go ahead and move on and see what the second lesson is that Solomon tells us here. Moving on to uh, verses 5 through 8, it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. A very famous portion of Proverbs is these couple verses. If you've never read through Proverbs, you've probably heard these at one time or another with different pastors and different teachings and stuff. What Solomon is telling us here is number two is reliance is important. Priority is key, but reliance is important. Do you rely and trust in God's understanding or do you rely and trust in your own understanding? Now, I'm sure if I was to ask each one of us, are you a smart person? Of course, we're going to say, yeah, I got it together. I have a measure of understanding and I'm, I'm pretty smart in my own way. But that's just not good enough, enough if you rely on your smarts. We need to rely upon God and his understanding with all of our hearts. If we rely, if we rely on our own understanding, our perception is limited to the things we see. But if we ask God for his understanding... He's omnipresent and omniscient. He's everywhere at the same time, and he knows everything. He knows our past. He knows our present, and he can see our future. And so why would I limit myself to just relying on my own understanding when I can tap into God's understanding? Now, he might not reveal the future to me, but as I listen to his guidance each day in my lives, in my life, he's going to guide me on a path that's straight. It talks right here. He's going to tell me what path I should take if I rely upon him. 2 Corinthians 4.18, it, it, it says, we do not look at the things that can be seen. We need to look at the things that cannot be seen. The things that can be seen will come to an end, but the things that cannot be seen will last forever. What's Paul telling us there? He says, don't just look at the things you can see. Tap into God's understanding, rely upon his understanding because he sees the picture that you can't see at all. Hebrews 11.1 talks about faith and I love this because relying upon God's understanding is activation of our faith because we can't see it, right? Hebrews 11.1 says this, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Faith is the ability to see our future based on God's promises and God's understanding. Faith is the ability for us to see our future based on God's promises and God's understanding, not our own. Proverbs 3, 7 through 8 is the next place we learn another lesson from Solomon 
as far as trusting in God, the fact that he is trustworthy. Proverbs 3, 7 through 8 says this, Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Hmm, that's interesting. I don't know if you guys ever broke that down before. We're going to have healing for our bodies and strength for our bones. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But the third lesson I learned here from Proverbs 3 is that obedience is essential. Obedience is essential. Obey and fear God. Fear means to honor, to revere, to respect, to stand in awe of God. We should be afraid of God. I mean, you know, when we think of fear, we think of Shark Week, right? I don't know if you guys watch Shark Week, <laughs> but that makes me fearful when I see all, all those sharks. It's interesting, don't get me wrong, I love Shark Week, but man, that's some scary creatures. <laughs> but that's not the fear we're talking about. We're talking about respecting, we're talking about standing in awe of God, acknowledging his authority in every moment of our lives. That's what it means to obey and to fear the Lord. In order to be wise... We can't be wise in our own eyes. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. I love that Solomon says that. You know, too often we can be. I know I've been guilty of that. Wow, that was really good, Bob. Good job. Can't believe you thought of that. Can't believe you did that. Where did that come from? Oh, it was me all the time. Yeah, exactly. No, we need to fear the Lord. We need to use his understanding like we just talked about. You know, God really has a wonderful future for each one of us. He does. Jeremiah 29, 11 says he gives us a future and a hope. If we come to him and if we pray to him, he will guide us to that future and show us what that hope is. We can only reach the fullness of that plan that he has for us if we obey. That's the only way we can do it. That's why I said obedience is essential to trusting in God and trusting his plan. I love this. It talked about the healing and strength, right? So when, when we read that, fear the Lord and turn, turn away from evil. Uh, obviously, we don't want to have sin messing up our lives. And, and Will talked a little bit about that in the intro as far as yeah, how we sometimes do the things we don't want to do and the things we do we, we don't find ourselves doing. But that's the whole sin issue. And, and as we go to God and, and ask him for strength and help to overcome those things in our lives, we will see victory in our lives with that. So we turn away from evil. And then it says, then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Well, that's kind of an odd way to look at that, isn't it? It kind of is unless you go in and see exactly what he's talking about in those words. It talks about healing for our body. Now, we just think of physical healing, and God does provide physical healing for us. But healing in this context means a cure for the body. What's my cure for my body is Jesus is the cure for my body. My brokenness in my body, Jesus is the cure. So that's through salvation we find healing and we find a cure for our body is through him. And then we'll find strength for our bones. What are your bones? What's inside of your bones? You guys know this biology, right? Marrow. Marrow is inside of your bones. And marrow often is looked at the life blood, right? Marrow is like life. That's what it means. 
It means we'll find strength. We will find life for our bones as we listen to God and we rely upon Jesus in our lives. He'll bring us those, that peace that we need through obedience. You know, 1 Samuel talks about King Saul. It's an, Samuel was a prophet in the Old Testament, and 1 Samuel talks about King Saul. And King Saul was instructed and given some parameters for a mission to go out and do this certain thing. He did most of it. He didn't do all of it. So he was chastised a little bit by God through Samuel. And Saul said, well, I, I did most of it. I just kept some of the livestock for the guys. I mean, the guys wanted it, right? They pressured me. The guys pressured me to keep some livestock. So I said, you know what? It's not going to be that big of a deal. You keep the livestock, the best ones. And you know what we'll do? We'll sacrifice some to the Lord. We'll say, well, yeah, I mean, he thought it was good enough, right? We'll sacrifice a little bit to the Lord. I'm sure he'll be pleased with that. He wasn't. Why? Because God told him and gave him a specific mission. But he chose to change that mission because partial obedience is still disobedience. Partial obedience is still disobedience. And Samuel tells Saul, you know what? Obedience is better than sacrifice. See, Saul thought he was doing something good enough by having a sacrifice to the Lord. It wasn't good enough. It was still disobedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. We need to be obedient in our lives. So number one, we learn that priority is key. Two, we learn that reliance is important. And the third thing is that obedience is essential. Let's move on to Proverbs 3, verses 9 through 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. So once again, we see another principle that we talked a little bit about last week. Sowing is fundamental. That's the lesson we learn here is that sowing is fundamental. Recognizing God's ownership in everything and, and giving back what he commands us to give back and being generous with our, our time and our talents and being generous with other people, that's what God's calling us to. He's calling us to sow these things. Just like we talked about sowing seeds and being on mission last week, now Solomon kind of reinforces this sowing principle that's a natural principle of our lives. Sowing is a part of the natural and universal principle in life. 2 Corinthians 9, 6-8 says this, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much you're going to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. We've talked about this principle before in the principle of giving and so I'm not going to belabor the point much here right now. I just want to say that, wow, if you sow a little, you're going to return a little. And if you sow a lot, you're going to return a lot. That's just the natural principle. And that's what we learned last week, too, in the last part of the Masterpiece series. We were challenged, not in our finances, but we were challenged in our lives to sow the seeds of God's good news. 
Because if you don't, you'll never see a harvest. The same thing principle is here when Solomon talks about wealth. Now, you'd have to know a little bit about Solomon. He was a wealthy, 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 wealthy king of Israel. And so he learned this principle, and that's why he's talking about it. He understands that sowing is a fundamental principle. It really shows our trust in God. I can say, God, I trust you with every area of my life, but if I'm not trusting God with my finances, I mean, that's a personal thing. We don't like to talk about money much. That's huge. That's a huge uh, question to wrestle with. Do I really trust God? All right, let's go on to the last one. Proverbs 3, 11 and 12 says this, My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline. And don't be upset when he corrects you, for the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. So not only does Solomon talk about our finances, but right after that, he talks about discipline. He's kind of beating us up a little bit here. But there's a great principle we can learn, though, out of these verses, and that's number five. Flexibility is crucial. Flexibility is crucial. I talk a lot about this at work, being teachable. Do you consider yourself a teachable person? Are you teachable? If you are, that's crucial to your relationship with God, first of all. But like I said, at work I talk a lot about it because there are some people that I train that think that they know it all. They may know a lot, granted, and it's okay if you know a lot, But if you don't remain teachable, you're going to miss the things, those little nuggets of truth that's really going to enhance your life. Flexibility is crucial. We need to be flexible with God. I mean, I've been walking with God 25 years, and I would never say that I've made it. There's no way. If he blesses me with another 25 years here on this earth, I will continue to learn things each and every day if I remain flexible. I like this line, brokenness and softness of the heart is the beginning of maturity. I saw that online. I thought that was really good. Brokenness and softness of the heart is the beginning of maturity. And so I think that's part of the flexibility is understanding and having that softness of heart saying, God, mold and shape me into what you want me to be. Pride of the heart is rejecting that correction. And we all have heard pride comes before fall, right? So when we take that stance of pride in our lives, we're really close to missing what God has for us, and we're really close to falling and having to be scooped up by God anyways. So why not be flexible in the first place and listen to those things that he's telling us in our lives? Being disciplined is never fun, but when we stay sensitive to God's correcting in our lives, as we make mistakes, instead of being stubborn, the outcome is always for our benefit. And God will see to it because he's shaping and he's molding us for the future. He's shaping and molding us for the future. Flexibility is crucial. And if we apply these five lessons to our lives, then we can truly say that, hey, God is trustworthy. God is trustworthy. 
The next several verses, Solomon describes wisdom, and then he kind of repeats himself a little bit, so I'm not going to read all the verses, but I want to end our teaching today with two more verses. Verses 13 and 14 is where we'll end. And, and here's what Solomon says at the end of or those five lessons before he goes on to something else, he kind of reiterates something, and it's really interesting. He says, joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. For wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her wages are better than gold. And like I said, then he goes on to talk about wisdom as a her again and define these different things and kind of recap once again. But I wanted to stop here. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom. How do you find wisdom? Well, if I'm trying to find something, what am I doing? I'm looking for it, right? I'm asking for it. I'm looking for it. Are you asking God for wisdom in your life? Are you looking for wisdom as you read the Bible? If you're not, you'll never find it. But if you are, it it will be found. and, And God promises that to us in our lives that We will find wisdom and we will gain understanding as we look for it. You know, Jesus has this Sermon on the Mount, we call it, in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, and I love that. And one of the things he talks about is is this principle about seeking and finding. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 11, God gives good gifts to his children when they seek him. Jesus said, hey, the evil know how to give good gifts. You know, your God in heaven, who's a good, good father, he will give you good gifts. If you seek after him, he will give you good gifts. Searching for wisdom makes finding it our own reward. If we seek after what God has for us, for the wisdom in his word, he will give it to us. And when we find that wisdom, when we gain that understanding, you know, It talks about the things aren't going to fade away. If we seek after wealth or profitable things, those things are going to end. Those things will rust and corrode, and they're not going to be taken into heaven. But wisdom and the things that we sow here on earth will. Earlier, Solomon talked about fearing the Lord, and I love this, and, and not to trust in our own insight, acknowledging God's authority at every moment. In order to be wise, we cannot be wise in our own eyes. So priorities, reliance, obedience and stewardship and flexibility, those are the five lessons that Solomon lines out here in Proverbs 3. We will trust, and and by doing this, we will prove that we trust in God and that he truly is our confidence. And the other thing is that if we develop this trusting relationship with God in our lives, he's going to see us through those trials and those storms that will inevitably come into our lives. Trust is the foundation for us to have God see us through those storms in our lives. So the big idea, once again today, is God is trustworthy. God is trustworthy. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much that you led Solomon to write down these promises, these principles, these things that we can apply to our lives. And as we consider the question, do we really trust in you? We know the answer is that 
God, you are trustworthy. And so as we, we go from this place, Lord, and as we have just a few moments left in your presence, I just pray that you would speak to each one of us and, and that we would really self-examine ourselves. What's the priority in our lives? Who do we rely upon? Do we really obey you? Are we sowing what you've given us? And are we teachable? Are we flexible in our lives? Thank you so much for these principles, Lord, that we find in Proverbs. That we can truly rely upon you. And you will grant us wisdom when we ask for it, when we seek you. You're a good, good father who's going to give us wisdom in our lives. And I just say thank you. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.